God, I can't wait to watch my friend get microwaved in real time. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Loud Friends. We're back. We did it. It's episode uh 12 yeah i mean we, we, right. can't, we can't rightly count the last one as an episode because it was just kind of two minutes of you uh being very funny and endearing talking about why we didn't have a podcast oh thank you one man's opinion my name is zach bruin joining me as always is mike egan mike that's me. my good friend how are you doing hello i'm doing well i'm glad to be back it's been a while since we did a pod and also since we talked to each other that's because this is the only reason we talk to each other anymore <laughs> we'll unpack that later and talk about the um the the late millennial friendship project that yeah. is this podcast between right. us it's okay that's Episode- what we should have called it shit <laughs> i mean it, it too late probably drawing about as many listeners as this positive name does now so <laughs> yeah true um yeah by episode 20 we'll we'll do a little project in which we unpack what it means that we need to have a schedule around our friendship right yes which honestly maybe for for like people who live like in very far different parts of the country maybe isn't that weird or that bad yeah i would rather have this than not talk to you ever i agree (laughs) i'm glad that we can you know (laughs) there we go okay and that's the Uh, first step god it's been uh it's been just so long. I'm just dusting off all this equipment. My soundboard's got mice yeah. running through it. Let me just take off my hiking <laughs> boots and, you know, put my floral wreaths from my Hawaiian vacation that I took while we were gone. I noticed those. Yeah. I wasn't going to say anything. I, please don't, don't tell anyone that they're fake. They look real. Oh, right? I, you, you cannot tell on okay, camera and certainly not through audio. Okay. Thank you. Oh, good. Cool. Thanks. Um, how have yeah i mean it's been a a long while since we talked so uh what have you been up to how have you been um i heard that new york got a little wet with a a hurricane it did yeah yeah we talked a little bit before the pod um it uh it it got hit by what was a hurricane and and overnight was downgraded from a category one to a tropical storm um and so i i mean i guess things weren't as bad as they could have been um it also hit a little bit further east than it was projected to so it didn't hit my neck of the woods quite as bad um and we we certainly didn't see any of the you know catastrophic flooding that the rest of the city saw elsewhere in brooklyn you know like cars were being swept away people were trapped on mta buses um people you know in in basement apartments you know died because the the water just came in too fast um yeah it was it was bad um it was bad all over the city um but but not not you know luckily for us we were okay we didn't even lose power over here yeah so we were definitely among the the luckier ones yeah i'm, I'm definitely glad that you're okay and like it a weird thing for me to do to put you on the spot and be like speak on the entire state if you could for a moment yeah no like, no um it's you know it's 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 a big thing that happened and it's probably just going to continue to happen more now is this within the the realm of like the usual storm season for new york like i i don't know how that kind of works because i mean like chicago you know every now and again you get like a tornado warning but usually it dissipates mm-hmm. by the time it i don't know reaches some of the suburbs and it's not typically a huge deal um 
Right. And maybe we've talked about this before too in like other previous podcasts, but like, is there a storm season for New York? There is. Yeah. Like you will get, you know, I mean, there's a hurricane season in general and, and some of that, you know, comes up the East coast. Um, I, I haven't, you know, lived here long enough to have a good sense, you know, as much as I have for say Chicago living there most of my life, um, for what, what, you know, summer storms feel like here and, and what feels normal here. But, um, the sense I got from, you know, um, people on Twitter who have lived here for most of their lives and, and from the media is that that was not, you know, one of the usual suspects that was kind of, you know, a, one of those, uh, the most recent w- one you're talking about, right? The, yeah. The one yeah. that okay. we just had, um, last month, um, was one of those like once in a, once in a decade, once in a century storms that showed up, you know, just 10 years later. Uh, so yeah, like, I mean, people on Twitter were, were saying posting screenshots of their, of their weather alerts saying, I don't think I've ever seen a tornado warning in New York city. And sure enough, there it was. Um, yeah, there were like six different alerts. There was flash flood warnings. There were, you know, rip current warnings. There were tornado watches, tornado warnings, all kinds of things. So it was, yeah, it it was a big one. And, um, yeah, not, not normal for New York. I don't think not to overgeneralize either, but I would imagine that the narrative with these is maybe, I, I don't know, maybe not so different as to like, is it like akin to the wildfires in California where it's like, wow, like every one, like, and, and you know, New York's not quite in the same state where California is like, wow, this year's fire was the worst one. And everyone right. we've had since has been the new record for the worst one sort of thing. But like, right. is the idea that generally they're just supposed to pick up in the next couple of years as all wild weather yeah. seems to be. It seems to be like it, they have been this, this storm and storms like it over here have been lumped into conversations, you know, talking about the wildfires as well. Like it's very clearly a a product of climate change. And this is one of those things that is going to get more frequent and going to get worse. uh, If we don't get our act together. What a, a cheery way to open the pod. Um, yeah, so that's I gonna, how yeah. I've been, I guess. Yeah, right. I was <laughs> going to ask like, whether or not you think that, like, you ever think every now and again, it's like, wow, so, like, video games are cool, but also, like, <laughs> there seems to be a weird, like, human distraction toll that video games sometimes take where it's like, okay, the world's bad, but this world in my screen, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, no, I I, I was um, listening to Waypoint Radio today, and they were talking a little something tangential to that of like um, focusing on video games being fun and that being a distraction from like focusing a, a critical lens on something because of like the way the world has been for the past. I mean, through the Trump years, you know, and like everything that came before they're, they're like the way that I don't know. It's it's more about discourse than it is about um, video games taking be, being a distraction from the way the world is. But my brain made that connection. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's something interesting though, because if you think about just like the scale of, I, I mean, I don't want to be too like 
old man yells at cloud about this but there right. is like an accumulated amount of like quote unquote like wasted hours thrown into games that i think a lot of us can agree some of which you know probably don't make much of an imprint on your life they are a temporary distraction they come and go and that's yeah. life um like if if you could just like funnel or channel like you know 10 or 15 percent of like the total american like hours put into video games into something else now that there, there's like this is such an abstraction there's not like an easy way to do this but like it gets yeah. you thinking it's like maybe should we like should we back off on these sometimes because like it, it feels like to me there's a couple of important video games and then there's a lot of the rest of them that are just like hey here's something to do for a little bit or ones that are just like hey we're like antagonistically addictive <laughs> Right, um, right. Yeah, like up to a point, I don't see a problem with that. Like having having a having more leisure time, I don't think it's a bad thing for anybody. Up until the point where it becomes destructive, right? Like anything, um, like like you know what you said about it about it, something being terribly addictive. Like if you're if if uh, gotcha games have you pinned to the wall, that's a problem. But yes. I don't know if you're like if you want to spend a couple hours in, you know, Fortnite and just kind of, you know, chuck the night into the wastebasket. That's fine. I mean, living through late capitalism and a climate crisis and a pandemic is hard. Oh, it's a very reasonable coping mechanism. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. Like, and we're, like who like who among us? Right. Yeah. Yeah, Among Us is another, you know, if you want to throw some time. Hey, thanks. I've heard of it. (laughs) I hesitate to call this much of a conversation because it's more just like a vague point that I brought up that we're now just like, okay, so that can just sit over there. But like, these are probably (laughs) the same discussions that people have had about like when TVs entered the home or like when the cinema started to exist, right? Yeah. There's always a worry of like spending too much time with media or, or leisure in some sense. And I don't know. I got to call bullshit on that because like we need art <laughs> to to live like art is a, a very necessary part of my life. I need it to become inspired about something or to just think differently about something or to like put part of my brain up on, a, a you know, the coat rack for a second so that another part of my brain can process something a little bit better. I think I think there's always, you know, a little bit of value in that if you're not, you know, destructively you know being driven to excess i mean if you if you find yourself personally thinking what if i took all the time i'm putting into mario golf and put it towards something else that's you know that's a conversation you can have i wish i was putting more time into mario golf to be honest with you there's not a whole lot i mean hey well i mean recently though they got that boo visor oh i i never yeah i never went and saw that yeah, if you so last, I, last I time we talked up. about Mario Golf, yeah. Uh, I was gonna say, speaking of, I, I I wish that I had put more time into Mario Golf, and if I had, uh, I might have done a little bit better in in the tournament that you just ran. That was a nice tournament. I think it was partially nice as well because I uh, I didn't have to participate in it. I opted out right. as to not win uh, another one of the tournaments that I was running, uh, which would be weird because uh, you know we have integrity around here. At my one-man Mario Golf studio, right? Or Mario Golf tournament studio. Um, oh, that's very good. It's I'm looking at the visor now. 
yeah so it's very to, simple uh, but it's nice i like the little pin oh there's a pin there's, it's a blue visor and there's a little pin that's like uh I think it's supposed to be like his mouth or something. It's some like boo iconography on the, uh, oh, okay. the visor. Um, to fill everyone in though, mm, to fill everyone in though, uh, folks who are not familiar with Mario Golf, uh, the reward this month for playing their stupid ranked mode is uh, you get a little alternate costume for Boo and he gets a little visor. Last month it was the Yoshi colors and this month it's the visor. Oh, I see it. That's that. Uh, that's good. That's that is good actually. That's cute. Yeah something it's yeah exactly yeah it's it's a it's a breadcrumb of something to keep people holding on i guess yeah until they put something else in that game let's not talk about that game okay (laughs) it's still fun still a good way to play golf i yeah yes let's talk about some games that you played though uh so i i cannot wait to come back to this because this is this is a a game that we talked about a couple episodes ago and just kind of left out um yeah okay final fantasy 7 we're we're getting back to it I finally came back to it. Um, yeah, I've been in the habit of finishing games lately, and um, it was last night that I I decided um, I was I was trying to decide what to do with my Sunday because it was just going to be like one hundred percent time off. Um, we didn't have any like errands to run. We you know we watched the Formula One race in the morning, um, but I didn't have like any extra work to do and I'm, I'm taking a break from like my YouTube channel and Patreon stuff. So I was just like gonna chill. And I, I decided, you know what, maybe this is the night I go back and I finish final fantasy. Cause I knew I was close and I, I, I was extremely close. I, it, it took maybe like somewhere between 30 minutes to an hour, uh, that my, the rest of my time with that game, um, which made things a little bit anticlimactic, because I last played that game more than a month ago, maybe more than two. So to like play through the entirety of a big 40 to 50 hour RPG uh, and then take a an extended break and then come back and finish it in half an hour probably doesn't give you the same, you know, emotional impact as it would play it all together. It was still very good. Um, I, I, I think like all the beats have still stuck with me. And so I feel like I have a good idea of, of how that game feels as a whole. I just didn't get a big catharsis at the end. And I, I can't tell if that's because of, you know, this break that I took and how close I was to the end, or, um, if that's just the way that it ends and it isn't super satisfying. That's really tough. <laughs> That's yeah. I found and myself in similar situations before too. Yeah. Yeah. This is, we've all done this. We've taken a too long break from a game and it turns out we were 15 minutes from finishing it. And then we're, it's just kind of, you know, sits there like a, like a wet fart and <laughs> doesn't, it doesn't pack the punch that, that, that maybe it, it could have. I love that game. I really love that game. Um, there's more that I could go back and do. Like I could get deep into, uh, breeding fucking chocobo and, and racing them for sport. I could get into, apparently there are, there are two other party members, side characters that I missed. I just did not pick up. Um, this, yeah. And that's like, um, a common thing. I think there, there are two characters that were added 
sort of at the last minute. Um, and they show up in random encounters in certain areas. So you can totally miss them. I, I just happened to, to not ever, I think actually, I think I encountered one of them the first time I left Midgar and it was like the, the last thing I did that night. And I was just sort of like, Oh, what the fuck was that? Well, I'll revisit that later. And then, you know, the next day or like after that weekend, just, just totally exited my brain. And so I never sought them out again. Um, yeah, I don't know that I, I will go back and like complete stuff, but I, I love that world. And I mean, the music is fucking great. And that's like 80% of immersion in a video game world is whether the music clicks with you emotionally. Um, and that, that, that is very good. That soundtrack is extremely good. The one thing that I remember when we first started like talking about this game is that it seemed to have made you do kind of a 180 on like story games. And I'm, I'm curious whether or not there has been more reflection on that since you kind of stepped away a little bit. And if finishing this has uh, kind of led you to other thoughts or conclusions about that. Yeah, it's um, it's weird and hard for a lot of different reasons. But I've, I, I feel like the pandemic has fried my brain in such specific ways. And one of those ways is that I, I can't get a good sense on how I felt about how exactly I felt about games like this in the before. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, I, I can't remember now if this is something that, like, was I just in a funk about this during during quarantine? Was this a way that I had felt for a long time? It's all kind of being lost in the big soup that my brain is turning into. So I have I have to, like, get myself back. I have to make a concerted effort to get my brain back in that space and have thoughts about it. And I only just finished it last night, so I don't think I'm there. But, um... Yeah, that being said, I am open to to more experiences like this. No, you know what? I, I did have actually I did have a little bit of time to think about this between the break that I took um, and also finishing some other games in between. I think what had a lot to do with that feeling was um, in the past. Let's see. In, in 2018, I got my first full time job and having a full-time job means you don't have time and your first full-time job, especially I feel like because you, you still don't really know quite how to like be a, a person in that way. And like how to, how to manage your work-life balance and manage your own time and maximize the amount of time that you have to relax it changes you know? your sense of time management in a major, major way. It's a huge adjustment and one that I remember I having a really hard time with in just in terms of regulating just my life, my body, my when yeah. to eat and sleep properly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it kind of forces you to uh, get a little bit of uh, routine around that stuff, but it's uh, it's not easy initially. Right. Yeah, no. So I, I feel like a lot of it was born out of that because 
like, you know, maybe I was just frustrated at the idea of not having time. And maybe it was this like subconscious frustration that pushed me to this idea that I don't like games like that because, you know, they are, you know, I I come to the backwards logic of they're wasting my time Mm. because they're long and, you know, they're epics and they have all of these different mechanics to get into. Um, But, um, you know, maybe the reality is just that I, not that I didn't have time for those things, but that I, I didn't know how to fit those, something like that into my life. Sure. Um, And so I, I, um, you know, would more readily turn to something like a, you know, retro style 2d platformer, you know, something much simpler, something that you could, what it was is actually I was, I, I craved most games that were not designed to be finished. Like I liked a game that you could just pick up and play. Like I got really into, into the breach games that you could really easily pick up like run based things, especially something you could, you could pick up, get into play around of, you know, fail at very quickly and go again. Like this is why something like, um, Spelunky clicked with me so well last year when Spelunky two came out. Mm -hmm. Um, when everybody was was going gaga over Hades because I, I I found the difference between those two to be that Hades had a much higher um, sort of barrier to entering and not a barrier but like there there was a higher tax to pay for entering a run if you are if you're starting a run this is the one run you're gonna play tonight like it, it will take you an hour to to go through because there's going to be all kinds of story to mop up as you go and i i think i i got some of those some some of those parts of hades sort of chafed against me in in a lot of the same for, for a lot of the same reasons uh when when it initially came out and and i feel like i have now with the help of final fantasy 7 if you know if only for the reason that it it put a spotlight on why have I thought this way about games like this. It was able to sort of broaden out and and make me look at how I feel about games and how I feel about free time and and the way they they use my free time. Um, So yeah, I I, I think (laughs) having said that I'm not there and I do need time. I think actually I have gone through those thoughts and like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm able to now I don't know. I've, I've cut some kind of cord in my brain and I'm, I'm able to compartmentalize those things in a different way, or I'm just better at managing the ways that, that leisure and games fit into my life. And I'm more, I'm more able now to, um, to let myself choose certain games and, and, and not shun them because they might, you know, be differently shaped than my time is. And I don't know if this is something that like other folks relate to or that you find particularly relevant. I feel like with, I feel like I have to be in a certain mode to take in and really like open myself up to a new game, especially if one of those happens to be narrative or story-based where I have to kind of open this other faculty of my brain and be like, okay, we're going to take in this narrative. We're going to take in these like character details uh, while playing through this. 
that I think I overemphasize so much to the degree where I like would sometimes not feel like, like it's so much easier to wrap the cozy, comfy, like game that you're like a run based game that you're familiar with around yourself rather than crack open the new book of this narrative based thing. And I, I think that uh, that's a bad habit that I've gotten into over yeah. the years as well, or at least when I was uh, making a point to go through more games. Um, I don't I, Is that, does that yeah, like resonate I, with you? Is that kind of the same sort of feeling? I think that's exactly it, or, or at least part of it. Um, and yeah, like part of part of me analyzing this and looking at the ways that I want to change my my relationship to those things, and and the ways the ways in which I I just want to open myself to experiencing new things and removing like artificial barriers that my my brain would put up reasons for not playing a game um yeah i i think that that tracks pretty well and it's been kind of just a a a journey to get myself to care less and like don't don't worry so much about you know spending 20 bucks on this game like if it doesn't if you don't gel with it there's still going to be something there. You'll know why it, it doesn't, you don't gel with it or it doesn't gel with you. And like, just, you know, I don't know, just, just play the game kind of a little bit. Um, my last therapist that I had a couple months ago had this like really nice revelation or not revelation, but just a thing that she had told me where like, and we're, we're probably maybe in alignment on this a little bit. We're like, it's like, Hey, you have times where you need to tamper your brain down a little bit and listen to your body more. And I think mm. this is kind of a case of, of this for sure, because I think that, uh, I mean, uncoupling like the brain and the body is like pretty different or like difficult, but like, I think that there's like this weird thing, we like this compartmentalization we do where it's like, okay, we have our gut feeling and our, like our brain, like thinky feelings. And every now and again, I think you can be like, okay, well I've got a feeling, an emotional feeling to go with this thing. But then your brain starts to be like, ah, 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 but I've I've thought about it and I've drawn the red tape and I've got this whole like this whole cork board full of uh, red twine, to, like just to making you consider the options and get, uh, you know, paralysis over the way you should live your life. And maybe this is yeah. like kind of one of those things, too, where it's like it's just a game, like just like like pop right. it on, like pop right. it on for a half hour. Right? It doesn't like, matter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, the, that is, is that is exactly it. Like, I, I could literally could not have said it myself those are exactly the words for it and yeah that's that's the thing but so it's so understand like i completely understand where you know you get home from work you've had two hours of commute a day you sit down you have your dinner you watch your thing and you're just like well i don't want to do a new thing because right. i'm exhausted i would like to do the old thing that i know is going to be a fun time and so you take right. like this kind of like it's got like a high floor, low ceiling thing of like your overall enjoyment of it. But like, right. then you, yeah, you fall into the trap of just doing the same shit. And I don't know. I think your brain kind of degrades when you just do the same, like two or three right. things over time. Right. Uh, speaking as someone who, I, I don't know, but speaking as a lot of folks have probably in the pandemic, I feel like I came out of that, uh, in ways worse, you know, because you kind of just stick with your same five things that you do. Yeah. Right. Uh, turns out humans need a bit more variety than that. It turns out. Yeah. I, I feel like this has opened me up to so many more games because, I mean, there's there's a lot to to pick through in the JRPG 
genre. And, um, yeah, like I, I talked a little bit, a little while ago about, um, now wanting to dig into maybe some other final fantasies and also, um, uh, uh, dragon quest like, Oh, sure. That, that all seems great to me. It's, I, I feel like this was a one big necessary, like dipping the toe in. And now my brain is like, Oh yeah, I know what those are and I know how to fit those into my life. And those can be really fun. And like, also comforting and cozy and that you know that that can also be a thing so i'm glad i i'm glad i tried it and what's interesting about this too is that there's such a huge swath of like old classic jrpgs that you just like cherry pick now and be like okay well this thing costs nothing because i can emulate it or like there's a remaster on the ds or something that'll cost me nothing to do if i could throw my hat into the ring i think it would be very cool for you to play chrono trigger actually because oh, I think that is one of those like man. big classics up on the hill that everyone's just like, oh man. And yeah. also one that I played when I was younger, so that left quite a good imprint on me. Okay. Yeah. No, that's been on my list for a while. Yeah. Um yeah, Chrono Trigger is one I wanna I, I wanna get to. That that's not on Switch or the like SNES mini. I don't think. Um oh I don't know if it's on the SNES Mini. I don't think it is. I, I know that there was a DS remake and I think there was a Steam port that initially sucked, but then they made it better. So I think it's playable okay. now. Okay. All but right. I don't, I think the DS is maybe the closest you're going to get to a portable for that. Where do we go from here, Mike? Well, I was going to say that, um, I, I don't necessarily have to, uh, get the DS version of, of Chrono Trigger to, to play it handheld because, in a way, I can kind of play any game handhelds that I want now. Uh, um, but Mike, <laughs> wh- what are you talking about? Well, Zach, you may have heard of a little thing called a Raspberry Pi. A Raspberry Pi? Like like that old meme I used to make on the farm? <laughs> Sounds delicious, I know. But believe it or not, Zach, <laughs> they got computers what's called a Raspberry Pi now. I, yeah, I did a little project, um... Sometime before the pandemic, I I saw this. It came through on Instagram, probably or something. Like I, I like and follow a lot of handheld modding uh, pages, and so you go to your Discover page, you see something else. Um, I, I, I stumbled upon something called uh, the Minty Pie. If you Google Minty Pie, Minty P I, no E. Uh, it'll be the first result. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Um, a couple of, uh, uh, handheld sort of modding, uh, folks, um, and emulation folks came together and worked on this project to, uh, create a video game handheld that runs off of a Raspberry Pi Zero, um, which is an extremely small little computer that you can kind of modify and do whatever you want with fit that uh it, like uh, t- attach it to a bunch of different boards pcbs add a screen throw some buttons in and fit all of it inside of an altoids tin uh and you could use that as sort of a a ds like Game Boy advance sp like handheld and it opens up and your video games are inside uh and i was like oh that was cool or oh, that looks cool. Maybe I'll do that one day. And then the pandemic hit and I wasn't going to leave the house for a while. 
I thought this is my time to shine because I don't have a job anymore. So, uh, you know, after a lot of research and spending a lot of money on supplies and a soldering iron, which I did not have, I had all the materials and I got started. I, I started soldering the Raspberry Pi to the board and I immediately fucked up <laughs> and ruined both the board and the Raspberry Pi that I spent my money on. And I thought, well, that sucks. Did you like overheat a component and then it fried something? No, what happened was I I flowed too much solder into one of the GPIO pins and bridged two connections. Oh. And the only way to remedy that would have been to like also then buy a heat gun and try to pry it off of the board without lifting any pads. And I wasn't about to get into that. So, um, quick aside. Yeah. Did ever tell my favorite story about a heat gun? No, I don't think so. Our, uh, our good friend Dave West oh, yeah. owned a PS3. Uh-huh. A common problem with the old PS3 is that it would overheat. And uh I think it would like I think some of the connectors would like fuse with like some basically some metal parts would fuse with other metal parts. Oh and no. it would break your PS3. Jesus. Uh, Great. The way that you remedy this is you get a heat gun and then you pry apart these two pieces of your console. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, so naturally, David being the DIY whiz that he is, did get a heat gun, did fix his PS3 this way. Um, but he had the heat gun out, and I remember going over to his house one time uh, after picking up some food. And I got a sub. And I opened up the sub and went, ah, uh -huh. shit, it's not toasted. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> so he takes the heat gun out. He toasts the inside of my sandwich and sure as shit, it worked like a charm. Jesus Christ. So, you know, toasters. Thing of uh, the past. Absolutely old man shit. Everyone should That's just have heat guns at their counters. It was, uh, it was great. So, so you broke it. That rules yeah yeah so i fucked up um i i ordered replacement parts i ordered a whole new raspberry pi zero um which luckily these things aren't super expensive i think you can get a pi zero for like 30 35 bucks that's very reasonable uh and it comes with like you know a, a power supply and a bunch of other things that you can you can plug into it that i wasn't going to use because i was putting mine in tenements um and i ordered a new you know board and everything um and by this time you know the project had been out for a little while and uh, the maker of the uh, PCBs, who's kind of kind of a uh, a, a terse, uh, gruff man by the handle of uh, Helder, uh, put up on his shop. You know, I've been seeing a lot of people fucking up their boards and ruining Raspberry Pis. So here are some practice boards and practice pies that you can practice your soldering skills on. So I ordered a pack of three of those. And then uh, an entire calendar year goes by. And here we are today. And in the month of September, it finally started to cool off. And I thought, you know what I'd like to get out is a 600 degree soldering iron right now. Yeah. I'm going to pretend that over the course of the year, you were really just honing your soldering <laughs> skills, going to local yeah. high school robotics meetups and just really yeah, yeah. training pumping the iron full rocky montage style shit yeah tony stark in the cave at the beginning of iron man just two-handing the soldering irons just going all over the <laughs> right. place yeah yeah um 
you can imagine, you know, hammering some metal on an anvil. I don't know why that wouldn't be necessary for this project, but it sure is a cool image. Uh, Playing to operation to get the, the, yep. the <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Actually. Uh, um, so yeah, so I finally did the damn thing. I, um, a couple of weeks ago, I, you know, it started to cool off here. So I was like, all right, I, I feel okay about this. It's time. Cause I didn't want to do it in the middle of summer. Cause it sucks. Um, I got out the practice boards and one by one, um, this was also, I, I was taking a week off of, of all of my creative projects and I didn't have any freelance to do. So I was like, this is the time. Got out my practice boards. I went through those one by one day by day. I think I only bridged one connection on the first board and then the subsequent boards were fine. And then the day that I finished the last one, I thought, okay, this is the most ready I'm ever going to be. I'm not going to like leave it for tomorrow. I I'm, I'm in, you know, the iron is heated up. I'm not going to final fancy seven this. Exactly. I'm in the heat of the moment now. Um, so I went for it. Raspberry Pi on the board, solder in multimeter out, check in continuity and all good. All came out good. Nice. Uh, I had a couple of, a couple of, ground connections that didn't connect all the way i got on the forums and i was like is it okay if only some of my ground connections are connected and there's like if you have one solid one you're fine and i was like hey i can move on uh there's a lot of other really involved soldering to do after that um attaching you know the speaker to the board with tiny little wires oh, getting yeah. the L and R buttons, uh, board soldered on the, the power switch, the, uh, battery connector. It's very cool. It has its own battery. It charges over USB C. This thing is really fucking cool. Um, but once that was done, it was like everything else is kind of snap in place, plug and play. You glue it all in the tin and you, you switch it on and by God, it works. And so I got a little fucking Game Boy and a mint tin now. That's a fantastic feeling where like it's just and, and this is similar to when I was uh, the few opportunities I had to build speakers as well, which um, yeah, honestly, based on the stuff that you're doing, it sounds a lot less uh, finicky soldering wise than than what you were you're doing. I mean, the most complicated oh, yeah. speakers ever got was like you would solder like the positive and negatives to the positive negatives of like the crossover board. Oh, and sure. Like weirdly, the soldering was kind of like the easy part. It was the constructing the yeah. rest of the shell and like putting stuff in and kind of that beautiful moment. It's like, all right, I don't know how it's going to sound. And then you like, you put a CD through it and you just hear for the first time. You're like, Oh, thank fuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. this sounds perfectly fine. And I'm yeah. so happy. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, the soldering was the most intimidating part of this project sure. by far. Because um, it was also small and fiddly, and there was so much of it to do. There yep. were like, I want to say like 30 ports, 30 tiny little circular ports all all lined up in a row next to each other to, to put tiny amounts of solder in and make sure that they flowed. Um, yeah, that was the worst part. But then, yeah, after that, there there were some other snags. Like, I, I think I mounted the... Um, the screen mount a little too high in the lid of the tin so mm -hmm. now um when it when i can't i can't close it all the way or else it will like pull the bezel apart 
uh, and I'll have to snap it back in place, which is annoying. And also the, the screen, the, the 3D printed parts didn't quite fit the screen that I had, even though like it all came in the same kit made for each other. So I had to spend some time like filing away uh, oh, a plastic sure. off of the uh, the parts where the screen went in. And it's still not like 100% at this point, but I've got it to where like it's good enough. It all goes in and won't fall apart if I'm playing it. So I'm kind of leaving well enough alone. That's what I was going to ask is like, how's the how's the form factor on this thing? And also, how much storage do you get on a, on a Pi Zero? Uh, so it's... Uh, uh, you throw in an SD card, oh, okay. um, and they included an SD card in the Minty Pie kit that I bought. So I think it was like 16 gigs. Oh, that's plenty for like the games that you'll be playing. Yeah, right. As far as ROMs go, I, I've I've got a ton of a ton of games on this thing that I all legally own, of course. Yeah. No, you went to uh, Nintendo, Capcom, Konami, and said. Yes. Please put these ROMs on this hard drive for me, Mike Egan. No, they they are all um, local dumps from cartridges that I definitely have in my closet. Can you do that with old carts? Can you do you like can. a... Really? I mean, you got to get ROMs somehow. I guess so. I never really thought about that. Yeah. Anyways, that's great. That sounds like a really nice project, though. It, yeah, it, it really was. And it's... It's it's really like I don't know. It was just a very fulfilling thing. Like I I used to do little electronics projects all the time when I was in like junior high and high school. I used to take things apart all the time as a kid. But you know now that I'm a big boy, I haven't done that in a while. Uh, and so it felt good to like solder some shit and you know screw things together and actually make a working thing. I could see this being a really good like gateway into. Uh into a potential hobby, especially since now you're set up with like your soldering iron, some of your basic supplies right. as well. Yeah. Um, I'm already thinking now about like, can I, can I get a better screen in my GBA and how else can I mod these things? Like there's all kinds of things out there at this point. That's a, that's a really good idea actually. Um, yeah. I have another David story, basically our third uh, podcast uh, guest or host at yeah, this point. Right. Do you remember when he was trying to make the portable N64? <laughs> he, okay. So I've been, posting my my minty pie journey on instagram this whole time we follow each other on instagram and he he mentioned that uh in a comment on one of my stories yeah that's fucking perfect yeah i remember he said it never came together yeah he it ended up just being such a massive pain in the ass to do (laughs) apparently which is like which is saying something because david has like a lot of determination with this stuff like he will see stuff through that is just like very meticulous takes a lot of time takes a lot of research ended up just not being worth it i think for like the, yeah. the resource uh dump that it was um i think i think it got really close though honestly damn yeah that that would have been a really cool project to see through just thinking about speakers now yeah <laughs> can't do that i don't have the money or a workshop for those and the ones i have are perfectly fine that yeah. i bought from a company yep yep but what if I make tiny speakers? <laughs> but what if though? There are nice little handy like Bluetooth speaker kits that were basically oh, like, yeah. "Hey, here's the drivers, here's the wood. Just do yeah. the soldering, put these in, press the change, you're good to go." Um, I think I've seen some of those like uh, documentation for some of those uh, related to like a Raspberry Pi that you could put together a Bluetooth speaker. Mm-hmm. 
it's particularly nice for like speaker stuff though too because like not everyone's got like the wood or like the workshop to throw and also like different speakers need specific cabinet dimensions for them to work as best as they can and oh, on top yeah. of that too the crossover needs to be tuned to the speakers as well which is a whole thing huh. and like unless you're literally soldering resistors and capacitors like in certain sequences to a board yeah uh, and you understand how to measure that stuff it's a nightmare right okay yeah that's very technical that's that's some electrical engineering it is the stuff that people get like master's degrees in yeah, <laughs> or like, or I, like go yeah. to grad school for. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to tell you a tale. Tell me a tale. I had, uh, I had an interesting evening. Uh, I'd set in the, in the notes here. It says I have a story about my Tuesday evening. So I imagine that this happened. It's had to have happened two weeks ago, I think. Okay. At this point. So it's later in the evening. We need some groceries. I go take a walk to the uh, the jewel that's close to us. Um, and actually, to preface this, I need to go back even to something seemingly unrelated. Becca has gotten into birding recently. Um, okay. And it's been a really nice hobby for them because they get to connect with something outside. And they are... They are through and through truly a nature kid, despite being someone who, like, works in, like concept art for games like they love being outside connecting with nature finding out more about how like ecosystems work and all that stuff so it made too much sense that like they got into this hobby and so classic becca they've gone like full-throated into this thing they're part of a a birding discord they've got yeah. books and binoculars and have started using like an older camera by by older i mean like a 15 year old camera like something that still puts out like good like 3000 pixel photos mm -hmm. but it's not like remarkable it's better than probably most phone shots that you're going to get yeah yeah but they're taking photos they're going to different uh you know preserves around chicago all that stuff so as i'm walking to the grocery store a couple weeks ago um i do a double take because i pass this house and i see something on top of the fence and uh, I'm just going to go ahead and send you a photo. And if you okay. could just kind of describe what this looks like. Okay. We've got... Oh! Uh, we've got a very big bird. A very hefty boy. It looks... You know, here. this is just my first impression. It looks kind of like... You know the bag in bagpipes? <laughs> kind of looks like the bag. The titular bag? <laughs> Kind of looks like the bag, uh, just with a head and a beak. Doesn't seem to have any feathers to speak of. Just kind of looks leathery and and fleshy. Yeah, it's uh, it it does have feathers. Um, it, okay. But it, I, the my my phone camera could only do so much, and also I was only so willing to get so basically. I found this big bird, and I looked at it for a little bit, and I was like, "Should I? This is not a Chicago. Like I've never seen one of these in my life." No, the also this also the scale is kind of hard to ju I can kind of you know extrapolate from I know what it's fences are. It's probably about are, the size of a small chicken. Can you give me a? Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So so not like yeah, not like a tree bird. Like this this thing yeah. is like the size of a small cat. Yeah. So yeah. so I'm looking at it and I'm just I'm sitting there for a couple of moments and just being like I. I don't know what to do about this because I've never seen a bird like this in my life. And also another thing to note is that its face is like a little bit like 
turkey-ish. Like it's, it's yes, I was gonna yeah, say turkey. It's, it's got like a couple different colors on it. It looks very um, like leathery, like you say, like bird skin. Um, yeah. And so I'm really not sure what to make of this. I sit there for a few minutes and I look up what it is because the, I mean, I just like, I use that Google lens feature and like reverse image searched it. Oh yeah. Uh, and I okay. found out that it is a Guinea fowl, oh. which does exist in America, but is native to Africa. <laughs> uh huh. So I send a picture over to Becca and I go along my way. Cause I'm like, I don't, I'm, I'm definitely not interacting with this thing. I it's who knows like, what it can do yep. yeah so i go along my way around the corner uh there is a very portly cat <laughs> that honestly just wants all of my attention he's very sweet he's very nice he just he's he's meowing uh-huh. me. he's rubbing up on me very sweet boy i leave him because i need to go grocery uh-huh. shopping i go get my groceries i come back out by the time i come back out i look at my phone and becca has called me six times being like where is this <laughs> like how did you find this and so eventually i let them know and it's very close to like a block from our apartment so i let them know about it and they come and come immediately to the spot and i meet them there and what then starts to unfold is us trying to figure out who does this bird belong to does someone keep this thing as a pet what are we going to be able to do about this and so we we talked to someone passing with a dog and they're just like, hey, do you know who lives here? Because it's it's clearly outside of someone's house. So we're like, hey, do you know who lives yeah. here? Maybe like one of like who knows what the fuck people in my neighborhood keep in their backyards. And if some people keep chickens, uh, it is a you know, the people who actually own their homes here, upscale neighborhood. Like it's we're, yeah, we're very sure. close to a, a fairly prodigious like public high school. Like there there's money in the neighborhood right okay so we just asked this woman it's like yeah and no, i don't know like i i went and knocked on the or no we, we we went and knocked on the door and no one was home um and so we're really not sure what to do okay. so then some other neighbors come down and it's this like this puerto rican family that's cool as hell that we're like hanging out with and just like giving us the lowdown of the neighborhood and everything and they're like yeah we know that they own chickens and the people of their own chickens so maybe like they paired the guinea fowl with it and it's like hang on we're not sure um yeah so eventually then Becca's like, hey, we can't contact anyone. We're hanging out here for a while. Go get the cat carrier <laughs> and oh, no. some work gloves. And I do. And I come back. Uh-huh. And at this point, it's it's me and Becca and uh, three women who live in a house down like three generations of women, like a grandmother, her daughter and her granddaughter all like hanging out just like talking about yeah. like trying to figure out what we want to do and so the because presumably you're you're worried about this bird getting away or perhaps being eaten by the portly cat you had previously mentioned <laughs> less worried about the portly cat the portly cat seemed like he just wanted to chill out in front of uh his home but there was another neighborhood cat named rizzo uh who's oh, just good. all white and looking to fuck this bird up like he i think he was he was coming okay. to make trouble um Yep. So, but yeah, like it's Chicago. Like anything could get to this. Well, like who knows? Um, yeah, yeah. And of yeah. course, Becca, recently being into birding, is like trying to be very preservationist about this, which I admire them for. So the plan is to try and take the bird from behind, grab it, similar to a chicken, and put it in mm-hmm. the cat carrier, 
And this falls apart pretty quickly as Becca tries to grab <laughs> it. It flies into the yard that it's like hanging out over and it is now behind bars, so to speak. So then the next part of this story is that we start to knock on neighbors' doors to see if they can contact the people in this house because at this point we're convinced it's got to belong to them. This is where it's decided to perch. Yeah. Fast forward, we probably have about seven people out here just trying to figure out what to do with this bird. And this guy (laughs) is able to open up his fence for us. He gets, we're able to corral the bird out. It gets, it fits through the fence. And we're all just like kind of cautiously like trying to keep this thing from going into the street, just all talking about like what we can do. Becca tries to grab it again. It's just too fast. Like it is. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's a bird that's meant to move the one of the Puerto Rican women call 311 to try and like get in contact with like a bird uh, sanctuary that they know about. Yeah, this guy, the neighbor's like guy's wife comes out and it's just such a sight of like us the five of us just like slowly trying to corral this bird in order to figure out how to catch it and like i'm just sitting here going there's no way this is going to happen like if it does someone's going to get hurt or the bird's going to get hurt at one point the guy next living next door brought out a laundry hamper to try and like put it over (laughs) him no. Also, while trying to like shoo this cat away, that's like been interested in, in what's going on and warning yeah. people who are walking dogs, right. hey, don't come this way. There's a fucking bird. Oh my god. Um, and you just wanted groceries. Yes, I just yeah right. And so I'm like I'm sitting here kind of getting like impatient, a little bit reluctant. I understand that where Becca's heart's at is good, but like this is not happening. So three one one does get back to us, and they're like, hey, all places are closed. We're telling you that it's better off that you just let this thing, just let it go. Like, there's not, you can't catch it, let it do its thing. So, like, okay, all right. Yeah. By the time that Becca and I left, we're like, hey, like, this is what they told us. So, and, you know, we've done our due diligence standing out here probably for about an hour and a half, two hours, (laughs) keeping track of this fucking bird. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so we go. And by the time that we go, two other people have come out too. a younger kid um, and someone else yeah. just also monitoring the situation. And we head back to our apartment. And then I saw two rats like scurry up the street. And that was my animal filled night. And that was the conclusion of it. Just a very weird animal. night. Wow. So you don't know. You, you ultimately don't know what happened. Not at all. Um, I think... I, I I genuinely think unless I mean there could be a city cat that gets to this thing but yeah. it runs fast and I mean like <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen like kind of chickens behave or like in real life but like there's a reason the eyes are on the side of the head they see everything and they oh yeah they will get the fuck out of dodge if necessary like it is in their blood yeah. so we truly do not know what happened to the guinea fowl um wow Mysterious. yeah maybe not the most uh exceptional end to a story but uh no i mean it's it's better you're you're left to there's so many possibilities you're left to wonder and it brought us together with our neighbors we now know about some cool people right. down yeah, the street. Hey. exactly yeah brought the neighborhood a little closer bonding again. moment um yeah yeah <laughs> oh my god the night of the, the guinea night fowl. of the guinea fowl i will uh That's i'll remember great. it for the rest of my life as being one of yeah. the more absurd animal related moments in my life wow also later in the week i uh, i went and saw a screening of firewalk with me at the music box theater and i got to see uh the 
two actors that play Bobby Briggs and Laura Palmer do a Q&A. <laughs> Not really oh, yeah? to this at all, but it was very cool. No. That's sick, yeah. though. Um, Fire wow. Walk With Me in a theater, incredibly intense. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would very assume so, movie. yes. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. But they were nice. They were very cool. They were very clearly just like folks. Like they're in their 50s. They did this yeah. movie like, you know, 20 something years ago. And right. they were just real humble people about it. Um, it was cool. very cool. What was not cool is that it opened up to audience Q&A and there were some film students, which you can imagine how that goes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it was great. The, the person who had the last question knew they had the last question like like 20 minutes before they like it was ending and so he had some time to stew on like what he was going to ask and as he came up both of them were like oh big pressure this better be good like really like egging him on and he just goes yeah hey um so have you guys seen david lynch's weather updates have you watched any of those at all (laughs) and everyone just like applauded immediately and they were just both like yes we we have seen some of them and we like them (laughs) and that and that was that that's great they are good. I like them They're too. Nice. They still have the beard. So. Um, no. Shaved it. Yeah, good yep. for him. Got rid of the beard. <laughs> like I would say, he shaved it. Is that what are the other outcomes there? It's like no, it just kind of blew away. <laughs> no, I don't know. Dandelion spores on the wind. <laughs> it's yeah. We uh, uh, Lauren and I still watch his uh, uh, number of the day every night before bed. We try to guess what it's going to be. Have you ever gotten it right? Oh yeah, a couple times. Yeah, it's always very exciting. Uh, yeah, that's how you know the yeah. the energy's aligned with Mr. Lynch. Right. Yeah. It it determines the the energy for the following day. Can so, you tell me about a show that you started watching recently? Yeah. Um, so we talked about um, that. I I started watching Cowboy Bebop with Lauren, and we got through that. And we uh, kind of had a short list of what to watch next. But um, we decided to keep it in the anime family. The fanime. Family. <laughs> the family. And uh, hop to another um, seminal series. Uh, uh, one one in the, that has its sort of special place in the anime canon. Uh, we started watching uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. This is where uh, a big weeb New Yorker busts through your wall and it's like, da, 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 oh. Yeah. <laughs> that was your, yeah, that's that's the two. It's truly a melting pot here. You know, the two cultures. That was beautiful. Great. Um, yeah, no, we, we can't stop um, humming and whistling Cruel Angel's Thesis for sure. Um so it's a good song. It's a bop. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. So how far, how far are you in and like kind of what are your impressions of this so far? Yeah. So we started, um, a week or two ago. We are about 15 episodes in to the original oh, okay. series. All right. So you're already, yeah, you're in the thick um, of, yeah, you're in the thick of kind of understanding where it starts to be less of a mech show and more of something else. Sort of. Yeah. We, we are just like, cresting that wave and we haven't seen what's on the other side of of the but the wave. intrigue is there yet the intrigue is there for sure um yeah um i, I don't want to i don't know i don't want to spoil too much if, if people are interested in in watching it but um 
yeah, we're enjoying it a lot so far. It's it's got a lot of you know the the trappings and and pitfalls that I think a lot of anime does. A lot of older anime, especially ways, yeah. A lot of older anime, yeah. In the ways that it handles women and and sexuality and things like that. Um, but outside of that, it's really beautiful and really haunting. It it feels. In a way, it's interesting to to watch it directly after Cowboy Bebop because it, in a lot of ways, it feels like the antithesis of Cowboy Bebop. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. In the way that Bebop is is very, um, each episode is a standalone and like it's very sort of disjointed and it's very stylish and there is more to it beyond that there's great characterization yeah, there's a handful but, of little um, arcs that you see develop through there yeah yeah i i it's it's very good and it's still a show that i love um but for entirely different reasons that 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 i am i am developing a like and respect it compels me in different ways is is a better way to say it than what compels me about ava um yeah so it's interesting to to look at it through that lens um and i'm also going to I, i've decided before we uh, rather than do it after the fact i'm going to start listening to um waypoint did uh, a series of of uh, uh episodes of their old extra podcast waypoints about um about the series ava as it came out on netflix which is the way that we're watching it right now um the netflix version and they'll get into like what the translation is like they did a whole new dub for netflix um so there's things like that to get into um but yeah i'm also just interested in there's clearly a lot going on here and a lot to unpack and as previously discussed i'm not i'm trying not to say it the same way that i did before where i put too much weight on myself but i am not great at picking up on everything critically that is going on in a work the first time that i watched through it um, and that's fine, but I don't know that this is something that I want to watch over and over again. And I tend not to do that anyway with, with media. So this is something that I want to like, as I'm going through it, have that experience of, of very learned people talk through it and kind of help me unpack thoughts about it and, and the heavier themes. It's, it's play. a cool little companion piece. I do remember listening to that as well while going through some oh, cool. of the episodes I did drop off on the podcast later on i i just i hit a point in which i went like okay like it's cool to know some of this context i'm okay going alone from here i don't need these voices to let me know how they're feeling about like the last portion of this show and i'm good on that Um, yeah yeah but yeah like go with god i I remember also doing that with um uh, rest in peace idle thumbs um but they also had a good companion podcast with uh twin peaks where they leading up right. to uh the return they were going through each episode and it was a nice way to like re-watch that show as well by like you know watching it going to the podcast kind of seeing the little things that they pick up on and like the details that they uh emphasize um it was, yeah yeah it, it can be a huge help i think also in just uh putting together some of the the stranger pieces of what it's got going on yeah for sure uh, it's a it's a clearly a show with a lot to say um just just judging by the way that it 
if it were a person, the way that it carries itself, I guess. Um, and like the, just the circumstances of its origin, um, like the, the reasons for which, uh, Hideaki Anno created it, um, and, and all of that. So yeah, it's, um, we're really enjoying our time with it. Um, I, it's obviously like, it's not one of those, I can't talk about it the way that we, um, talk fondly about adventure time because it's so much heavier oh yes than something like adventure time but yeah it's it's very well um directed it seems like a lot of a lot of what they want to get across they get across in imagery and shot composition um there haven't been any huge info dumps yet um which is a, a different like point to make i think but um yeah the, the the way that they throw you in headfirst into the world and we're just going to start using terms that you don't understand what they mean and you know don't worry about it <laughs> like this is the don't world worry about in. it getting the fucking mech <laughs> right that's exactly it yeah that's like you are it, it's the audience as shinji like you, you're you're having the same experience as him in not understanding any of these things and we don't get answers to any of those questions up front because shinji isn't looking for them because he's fucking depressed there's so much like good reflection on just like the trauma of doing massive violence in the show as well uh that's yeah i just drink right the fuck up you're right yeah yeah so that's my that's my time with with ava so far i think we're almost or already halfway through the original series um and i think we do want to go through and watch like end of ava and then and then i would at least like to get into um the rebuild stuff yeah i haven't i've not touched into uh i've not dipped my toes into that like universe yet um yeah and maybe that will depend on how we feel about the series at the end of it but i i feel like it's going to all of those things existing as parts of the same whole is interesting and compelling enough for me to want to, to check I do think out. watching end of Ava after the show is, is worthwhile. Um, yeah, but I've not touched into any of the other, I'm not even sure how to contextualize like the films or shows that have come afterwards. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. That being said though, I'm looking at the clock. We've, uh, it's a lot of minutes, a lot of minutes have gone by. So I think that'll, That's I think a lot that'll of just about do it for us. Um, Thank you so much, beautiful listeners. Thank you for uh, being patient with us for dropping one week. Um, I don't know yes. what other things you could possibly be listening to without an hour of uh, whatever the fuck this is. So, sincere condolences yeah. for being the only podcast in existence, as far as I'm concerned. A lot of pressure. Despite the other podcasts that I mentioned recently on this very episode. Yeah, I kind of just blacked out when you said that. I try to just... Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Mike. Yeah. Uh, you've made a couple of uh, short films recently that you've that you released up on your YouTube channel. I did. Yeah. I don't remember if I've, I've gotten a chance to talk about those here, but um, yeah, I basically spent the month of August being a creative lad and made some um, shorts of increasing length from between like 30 seconds to five minutes 
Um, they're over on my YouTube. If you want to check those out, youtube.com slash Eganworks. Um, and if you would like to support me in my creative endeavors, uh, as I continue doing, I don't know, a lot of different things, um, patreon.com slash Eganworks as well. Um, yeah, that was all that. Yeah, I don't have to. I don't have to get into them. It's uh, it's four short films. It's they were a lot of fun to make. They're dumb, and that's they're great. very good. I I recommend. I think everyone should. Thank you. Go give them a watch. Give them a rewatch. I I really appreciate all of them. Thanks. I appreciate that. Um, you can find me sitting at the window watching the leaves change as the temperature in Chicago slowly drops, as the days get shorter, as the food gets warmer, wondering. Where is that guinea file? Is he okay? Thank you so much for joining us. We will be back in two weeks. Uh, We'll see you around. Keep hunting that bird. 